Welcome back, everybody, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. This is episode 43. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vollmer, and joining us now, the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. Hello! I'm just sitting over here with my dick hanging out in one sock on, ready to record, man, on this Sunday afternoon like we always seem to get together. Otherwise, we can never fucking hook up because we got mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of shit to talk today, man. But we're back. It's episode 43. Like you said, we're going to finish our discussion on the greatest cage matches of all time, or at least in our memories. How that yeah that's <laughs> good to hear you back oh it's good to have you back as well you know i always miss it when we miss an episode uh so you know fans out there sorry uh bobby had that ftc show last sunday that he had to do and that's just what happens to us sometimes yep and it turned out to be a good thing for a sunday afternoon it, it, they had started off something small it ended up being pretty big involving several promotions throughout this area uh indiana kentucky ohio and you guys might have been a couple from tennessee there um and they raised a good amount of money for a, a that was injured and uh, i'll just kind of leave it at that so that was a real good deal and i had to be in a corner uh, but i didn't have to be i chose to be because i thought there opened his mouth and i'll get to that in a second but i was in casey king's quarter in the biggest match of his career against this jock strap or jock <laughs> samson of a guy uh-huh. uh, from nelsonville fucking ohio talker man but we had a little confrontation over there and uh, I've known Jock for about 10 years now and he's a hell of a good uh, well I won't say rap he's a good brawler but he's a hell of a shit talker he's got one of the strongest promo games out there man uh, we had a little run in and um, you know things go the way they go sometimes but uh, my hat's off they had a hell of a good match they got the pop of the night prop uh, someone threw a big punch um, someone else caught it in their jaw uh, sorry about the stiff shot there, Jocko. But anyway, um, I heard you a little conference cat too, man. Oh well, yeah, it's um, <laughs> you know Twitter. Twitter's this weird thing. So <laughs> the other day, <laughs> I, I remember what day it was. Now all of a sudden, I'm getting dragged through some shit with you and Casey <laughs> by some by some fucking jerkwad I'd never heard of. And I'm yeah. just like, well, what you know, what the shit is this? And then I said something. The guy's like threatening to fly to California and kick my ass. <laughs> So, you know, I'm just like, okay, pal, you know, (laughs) Mr. You know, career athlete, you know, picking on a guy who just had a heart attack over here. That's (laughs) you're pretty fucking tough, man. You know, that's just his style, man. (laughs) And he's got a couple of fucking morons for partner through the years. The Scarbonis, I think uh, he wanted me to give them a shout out. But you know what? Fuck all of them. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Fuck you. Well, that was the thing too. It's like he's telling he's telling me he's on a he's on a plane headed to California, and I I like I went and checked him out, man. I could tell you he's gonna need a tag team partner to carry him to California because he can't get anything done go. by himself. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, he's actually a very respectable uh, uh, wrestler around here and, and and travels quite a bit, does Canada and the U.S. Uh, so yeah, he's a good dude too. But you know you got to kind of have fun with it when you can. And uh, he had a hell of a AC, and, and all the matches were 11, which was just the right amount. I hate them shows that have, you know, 10 or 20 matches like a damn TV taping or something. Yeah. So that was a good, fun time. But that was just, uh, again, uh, fans of the show of the Bobby Blaze uh, podcast here, Jeremy. We're not going to record during the week. That just has fallen through through the last year or so, which we're getting ready to come up on our year anniversary. Mm-hmm. But these Sundays afternoons seem to work for Jeremy, the professor, and myself because I don't know what the Scorpion schedule is. He might keep some weird hours. He keeps weird hours, yeah. And, and Bobby, we keep these hours where, you know what, if we can get together on a Sunday afternoon and record, that's best for us because otherwise it, it's probably not going to happen uh, for whatever 
whatever reason, have a cold beer. What? Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that's why I went here last week. We're going to pick up though where we left off last week uh, once we get into our, our actual podcast. But uh, I guess we kind of gave a shout out there to um, FTC and Casey, the promoters over there. Do you have anyone else you need to give a shout out to? And I know we've got some other news we're going to talk well, about. Well, yeah, I, I, I think we're just going to go into the news because I don't really have, you know, yeah. a whole lot to get into. Um, uh, and I do want to apologize everybody out there. We're having some weird network issues, so I'm occasionally losing Bobby here. So we're, you know, if it goes out a little patchy, I take my apologies. It's, uh, it's not our intention to put out a bad product, but sometimes shit happens. Right. <clears throat> but as we record this, not to reveal our gimmicks or anything, but it is May 26th. That is the day after AEW's premiere event, Double or Nothing. Yes. And, uh, I have not watched it all yet. I have seen clips of it and I've been, you know, kind of checking in on it and some, pretty big shit happened um yeah you know i understand that the uh the wrestling style they are going for is a mix of japanese and american basically you know yeah well, the, the clips i saw look real good mm-hmm. um i guess seu was there and did a hell of a match um you know scorpio sky and you know a couple of those guys um but they were the guy i was watching talk about that match afterwards said it was like watching, you know, a bunch of acrobats in the ring together, which gets yeah. a, sometimes it gets to be a little bit much for me, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you have a good mix on a card. I saw the first hour free on YouTube. I watched that only because I was reminded we spoke about this off the air, and I really thought it was this evening because we've become so conditioned to watching pay-per-views on a Sunday, it seemed like. And um, anyway, I had a phone call, and I appreciate it, and it was a reminder. So I did watch the first hour. I watched the Battle Royal in a couple single matches. Um, I have to say, the Battle Royal to me was like I thought I was watching a freak show of what they put out there. But it was, uh, you know, once the show started i i didn't watch it um given the opportunity i just i really didn't really have a sincere interest in it i did have a, a an interest but not a real sincere one not enough to, to purchase it or go somewhere and watch it to be honest with you but of course i wanted to know what was going on so I, i've you know followed through watching clips and things and and one of the things i wanted to bring up I, I know you got a lot of different things you want to talk about for this i wanted to bring this up uh the co-dustin match uh from my understanding as a five-star match i had a couple people tell me that and some of the things I've seen online, I wanted to bring up that um, episode four of our podcast was on the American Dream Dusty Roads. Mm-hmm. And so if you go back and listen to that podcast, I that up because I have to say, no matter what your beliefs are, you have to think somewhere, some way that Dusty, big old Dusty himself, has with his two sons. And also uh, with Cody for really, you know, getting this thing, uh, sticking it out and, and, and I guess making this thing work because it looks like they're going to be more than a T-shirt company, folks. Uh, yeah. That's just what it looks like to me. We spoke a little bit about it, Jeremy. What's your thought and well, where's it going? Well, um, so what we do know as of now is that TNT has uh, given them a TV deal to start in the fall awesome so, so um and then i did find a quick blurb but keep in mind this is coming third hand from a, an unknown source um <clears throat> aew has filed for a trademark on the name tuesday night dynamite nice so if if everything's going the way it kind of sounds like it's going we're gonna have uh, wrestling on tnt on tuesdays starting this fall um there is going to be a real alternative on national tv to the wwe at that point 
Um, and that's not knocking. Look, there's a lot of small companies with you know local TV deals and things out there. Yeah. Uh, it's not knocking them. It's just hard for them to get the word out. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is this is good because if this lands as as well as we're hoping, this will give more avenues to up and coming guys. You know, those guys working the indies who want to hit it big. This is going to give them another place to go. And, Absolutely. and you're going to be able to look up wrestling on uh, online stuff and not just come up with WWE <laughs> shit. That's your, yeah. a good point. And it's good for all the fans, man. Mm-hmm. And, and the competition, it drives guys to work. Sometimes, you know, it, uh, I'm not sure how, you know, obviously the WWE with the rocks and that. And, uh, again, we always respect the athletes that work there mm-hmm. and things. But, see, this will push everyone. It will push to work harder. It will push the indie guys to work harder, you know, uh, to improve their game if you will yep. uh, and then you know gives them another alternative to go it gives and has it become a uh, and even though it may look I know you got a couple reveals here all these guys have worked through WWE through the years, but now they're they're with this company here, and you know we don't. I hope it doesn't turn into where one guy just finishes up with W comes over to that to the AEW, but they they they're forming their own stars. They've mm-hmm. got their own company using guys that have been established, and it just gives everyone that much more. And hopefully, it'll push these guys to deliver a, a good product on a Tuesday night, and also deliver their their pay per views. I know they got another one. I think it's in no not mistaken. So see the. Again, it goes back to uh, people can sit there on the internet and be armchair quarterbacks all they want, man. But it's a good thing, I think. It's a good, a great thing. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, and it, it is good. I'm, I'm glad to see that they they took their time getting their product together. They did a good show. Um, so you know, I mean, it's it's easy to joke about them just being a t-shirt company, but they're right. they're starting to get the rubber to the road now, and we're headed to them doing that. Uh, there were a couple surprises last night. Yeah. Uh, they unv- they I, I I sent you a picture of, but I don't know if you've looked at it yet. The I AEW did, belt did, yes. uh, definitely looks like it was it was done by the guys who did the IWGP belt. It, nice. It does have some some uh, some of the uh, similar markers there. You know. Yeah, you I, sent me the picture. I think Bret Hart. Yeah, Bret Hart, Hart holding it. it. Um, okay. Bret Hart was kind of a shock, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, I you think know. so. Uh, Diamond Dallas. Well, Diamond Dallas I'm Page also, also had to carry Cody's wife from ringside after she kept attacking Dustin Rhodes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So there okay. were there were some familiar faces there last night. Awesome. I I, I heard this. I, I haven't confirmed it again. It's kind of third hand, from my understanding. Uh, Dean Malenko's now with backstage capacity. I was happy to hear about that. Really? That's what I've heard. Um, Third hand, so just take it for a grain of salt right now. Go online and look, you know. But uh, I knew he had finished up. I think it was last month with uh, WWE, if I'm not mistaken. It may have been March, but I think it was in April. And uh, from my understanding, he's a backstage hand now. I'm not sure in what capacity. That's just what I heard. Uh, and that's again, d- d- just take what I say of that for a grain of salt because I'm always interested in Dean Malenko. But I know he's good friend with Jericho and yours, and and I, I can see that connection there because um, he's got such a good mind. Of putting matches together mm-hmm. and con finishes and and those type of things with the younger guys, he's always just been so helpful working with the younger guys. So I hope that's true. And then I think you have one more big reveal, if not more, you wanted to bring up uh, that I, took place last night. I, I do, but I want to read this real quick because I hadn't heard okay. that. But um, this is a press release. I don't know what the date on it was. AEW today announced a multi-year deal with World Round Coach, Producer, and Wrestler Dean Malenko, effective immediately. A former go. number one ranked wrestler in the PWI. 500 will take on the role as senior producer slash coach. Nice. So thanks for reading that to me. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I honestly don't know where I heard it or read it at. I'll just say that. I know it's third source. I didn't make it up. I didn't dream about it, but I did read it, but not that detailed. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Good luck, Dean. Good yeah. luck, Dean. No, that's awesome. Um, WWE never really knew what to do with him anyways until until they got him into that, uh, you know, like being an agent position. They didn't know what to do right. with him as a wrestler, so that was always the shits. Yeah. Um, especially since he was like my absolute favorite, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I've been, I said for years uh, before he even got wrestler of the year 97, I said, you know, I was in Australia with him. Of course, I trained him. Uh, Frankie Reyes was in a business probably about a good six or seven years ahead of me, and he was a, a Malenko guy from uh, being in Tampa and growing up watching the great Malenko. And, and we was talking at several shows like, man, if people under, just don't understand how underrated D. Malenko is, because no one had really heard of him. Uh, uh, so we, we, you know, he's one of my, he's definitely my favorite too, and I probably the greatest I've been in a fucking ring with to tell you the truth is mm-hmm. Dean. And then um, the uh, the other thing was um, that on our other podcast, you go back and also had Dustin on on one of our podcasts as one of the most underrated guys too. I think didn't we? Yeah, um, we done a little bit about him before about how you know his career he kind of here or there, but now it seems like man he's got this big deal with his brother and and uh, I I don't you know think he'll be doing you know anything. That I don't know how to really word this. I, he he's he's still in the business, you know, and he's still got a lot to give to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see that because I know he's close to my age. And um and I I like I said, my understanding it was a five star night, and uh, the highlights that I saw it all looked really good. And so you know, you're out there for your younger brother. I, I can't see why you can't tear it down or set something up for the future. I had an idea who it was, and then you told me who it was because I, I saw the bit where they're going to be a tag tag team against uh, your favorite team, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the young. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah there you go. But uh, I think he still has a lot to give to the business. I don't know how much you'll give to it, but but I think it'll be a lot. If not out there performing all the time, I think you'll have, still have some capacity uh, uh, doing something and still, of course, making the appearances well, in the ring as, as needed. Yeah, and so. this is going to sound a little funny, but I'm, I'm going to say he's only 50 years old. Right, and, and right. And <laughs> 50, 50 is, I mean... You know, for a re- for a wrestler, I mean, yeah, that, that's getting older. But I mean, fifty ain't as old as it used to be at all. Like nowhere near it. Yeah. So I mean, he's got a couple good years in him left, I imagine. Then you know, and that's before just getting into pr- production and uh, you know coaching and stuff that he could do as yeah. well. And yeah, I you're like to see. Yeah. It, well, you know, we we have talked in the past that they. You know, Dustin almost got a push with Crockett and WCW, and then he jumped ship and went to WWF or WWE. Yeah. But I don't think Dusty Rhodes' kid gets a fair shake from Vince at any point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just you're right. Yes, yeah. I do. Yes, I and, do. So I mean, in, look, Cody was you know, <laughs> look at what happened there. Just like yeah, you don't know what to do with the Rhodes kids besides trademark our names and make us not use them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So. But, you know, they're on their way now, it looks like. they got mm-hmm. their own company going on. they got a lot of good people associated with it. I think Jericho may be pushing 50. I could be wrong. And no, look I think you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, he come on and done a promo. On, he, I don't know if he had a drink or two. I, I don't even know if he drinks. But it looked like, I don't know if it's a camera or whatever. I said, what the fuck is he? But then he goes out there, and apparently he has a hell of a good match. Uh, and, again, I know we're leading to someone, you know, that made a – that came down the aisle there and i'm gonna lead you up to that so oh, yeah. what happened at the end of the show jeremy well so i believe jericho put away uh kenny omega which means that yes. going into the first title match is going to be uh hangman page versus chris jericho for the title uh but at the end of the match somebody from the wwe showed up and uh knocked everybody out <laughs> yes. uh john oxley aka dean ambrose comes out of the crowd and uh, just starts laying fuckers out 
I think he even yeah. laid out the ref, if I remember right. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, I saw that on the highlights as well. Um, I had heard people talking just, you know, just at the show last week, uh, just around town, a couple of fans that I talked to on the regular, and then a couple of things I saw on Twitter, of course, and and I re- I didn't expect it. I, it may be a possibility, but then when I saw the clips this morning, it all made so much more sense because I heard he was on the download from WWE that you know that he was just going he was going to resign with them in the near future. He was going to do some movies, this and that. So I wasn't, you know, buying into, you know, and that's the thing about being a wrestling fan. When you find out something like that, uh, you know, we guys at the show last week and, and I had uh, my good friend uh, David Bunker come by and hang out with me for a couple hours. And we were talking and he's from Cincinnati Ambrose is from mm-hmm. and or Moxie. And um, he really put him over. And he, he thought last week, you know, he like, I don't know, man, what he's going to do. I really hope he does uh, show up. And obviously he did. And, and I guess the went off the building when he did. So, uh, you know, all elite wrestling, uh, John Moxie, hashtag all elite now, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So they've got, they're getting some people in place, man, to make this thing, to, like we talked about earlier, to make this, uh, to be a little bit redundant, to make a good run at this. And, um, I just wish them luck because I think it's good for the entire business. And also it's the main thing, you know, these guys, two things, they got a place to go to work at. And also the fans have got something else to watch on a national level. That's good, man. That's good. And oh, I know yeah. we're talking about AEW a lot and we got other things to talk about, but, but man, I, we're just happy. I think we both say we're happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it looks like it's going. Now, so. I, I do. I got it. I got one last thing I want to bring up about this, and then we can move on yeah. to the cage matches. Um, sure. If you're Eric Bischoff and you read somewhere that TNT <laughs> just gave a, a wrestling company a contract for a TV show, how pissed are you? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think Eric stays pissed. I don't know. Well. <laughs> So, because you know, the reason he didn't follow through with trying to buy WCW is that TNT said, no, we're not going to have wrestling on this channel anymore. Yeah, and my understanding, I think we mentioned it last week, if not someone else did, I think they said they'll never have that channel again. Yeah. You know, at some point, that was just like, no, no interest whatsoever. But I guess... Uh, you know, I don't know all the stuff behind the scenes, but I guess between Jericho and Cody and, and whoever else had the set downs, um, uh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank on the owner's name, uh, the con, uh, con. The con yeah. yeah, con. And then, uh, I guess the young bucks and, and brand, uh, is it brandy? Uh, yep. Between all of them, I guess they really just had, you know, they hashed this thing out and come to agreements and, uh, it's looking good, man. I think the, and I think the wrestling business, it works in cycles and I really think it's on an upswing on the cycle. There's a lot of good independent shows out there. You mentioned earlier someone had local TV. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good thing. I, I know a couple guys last week. There was, I even met a guy from Australia from Melbourne. Uh, uh, Jay, uh, shoot, Jay Stick, uh, was here. He's here for like three months. He's been staying up, I think in, uh, Pennsylvania area. He was on three shows. Jock had worked three nights. My Boy Yeet, there's a young guy right here, uh, Yeet, hashtag Yeet out there. I hear you, boy. Uh, uh, Casey, they all worked three shots last week, man, at different towns, you know, uh, some in Pennsylvania, some in West Virginia, some in Kentucky, and some in Ohio that I know about. So, uh, uh, and then David done one over in Indiana. So, I mean, that's there's a lot of good stuff just in this area here. I'm not talking California or Maryland or New York or Florida, because I'm sure there's a shitload of Indies out there, too, oh, that, yeah. you know, that I just don't come in contact with on a regular. But that's, I think, you know, like it is is on the upswing and yeah you're gonna if you look for it you'll find some shit out there you'll find guy that didn't go to the tanning bed or haven't been to the gym or might weigh a buck 50 but you know what that's okay too 
it, it, it really is because if the fans are going out to these local shows and supporting their indie professional wrestling, I think that's a good thing. And again, it gives all these guys something to work for because you can got these overseas tours, whether it's to Japan or where have you, or if you can go to Mexico or Canada and do a tour here and there. And then in the States, you got two major companies to choose. I think that's a good thing, man. And, and so hopefully the, the wrestling business is on an upswing. And then you got me. I'm just an old fuck talking old school wrestling with my friend Jeremy here, the professor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we're coming up on our year anniversary. And I know we need to get into the greatest cage matches of all times, according to the professor and Bobby Blaze's memories, which That's mine right. may be a little shot. <laughs> well, I know mine's been shot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to get into that, but right, uh, yeah. yeah, no, but that's, you know, that's awesome. That's good stuff for AEW. I'm glad to see they're coming along. Um, you know, I am a little, I am a little worried that it's just going to turn into the, the big two pissing on each other and whipping their dicks out. And, and I don't know what this means for the NWA title now. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I forgot about those guys. Yep. My bad, man. See, that's another, and did he mention it in NWA, Ring of Honor and Impact? So there's a shitload of stuff going on, guys and girls. Yeah, there is. Oh yeah. And women's wrestling is probably the best it's ever been right now. Yes. And yeah. I think Charlotte, Charlotte is in Charlotte, North Carolina. She was the, uh, pace car center today for the, uh, the big race in Charlotte. So fuck, man. These people are everywhere, guys. Um, the, the professional wrestlers are the girls and the guys, and the girls are definitely on the upswing, man. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the, anyway. the women's division, yeah, here it looks like AEW is going to be pretty strong there, it looks like. Um, ROH has a fantastic women's division. They put on. Yeah, some- I've heard that. I haven't seen it, yeah. but I've heard about it. Yes, I have. I actually watched it one night late. I, was, I it might have been a repeat or something. I was like, "What the hell?" It was like a full hour. The women of uh, Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a thing, you know. And that's been a couple months back, but I was very, very impressed to say the least. So yeah. anyway, we need to probably yep. move on here. I'm gonna drop this out here real quickly. Speaking of uh, videos, if you go to tinyurl.com bbbb video, because I was going to mention we've got a list going right now uh be my valentine texas putting those out and i think we went from 17 down to number seven i think it's just been released where he does the takes our voices from his podcast and if you want to see some good eye candy and also some very talented professional athletes and wrestlers the young ladies out there we've done it very respectfully there's about 10 episodes of uh, uh be my valentine uh, on the uh, tinyurl.com BBBB video, and we have two videos now that have reached over 100,000 views. Uh, Paul Orndorff on the Legit Badasses, he's reached 155,000 downloads, and Ming, the number badass, if you haven't seen it, go watch it, folks. It just went over 101,000 views in the last couple of days. Wow. Uh, it was lingering around 99 for, it was 99.7 for like two or three days. And I went back and it's like 1,700 fucking views in like two days. Wow. And it, and it took it out there to 101,000. So go out there and check those out. And um, one more thing, if you're on Twitter, uh, follow Jeremy at the Geekish Cast and follow me at Bobby Blaze 744 or the join account at Bell to Bell Blaze. And uh, some of those things will be updated. Mine's updated pretty regular. Uh, Jeremy takes care of the YouTube channel. He takes, or excuse me, I'm sorry, text, my bad. Jeremy takes care of the Twitter uh, page, the Bell to Bell Blaze. And he edits this fucking show and he does a whole lot of stuff behind the scenes. So um, we'll get back on, on those channels and update uh, in the near future. But um, 
hang with us, guys, and use the hashtag BBBB and uh, write Jeremy, write me, or, or write the uh, the Bell to Bell Blaze uh, podcast uh, page. I don't pay attention to any YouTube comments, just so you know, but I do always answer the tweets, uh, good, bad, and different, and uh, I appreciate everyone retweeting for me. Uh, and we're trying to gain followers on our in our. You know, I started to say YouTube guy meant Facebook. There's a page Jeremy takes care of there. Yep. So he's got a lot of irons in the fire, folks. So just um, uh, check us out anywhere you can on social media, man. Yeah. And follow us here, of course. Yep, absolutely. Remember to download the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you got friends who are into classic wrestling, please tell them about us if they don't know about us. Um, I mean, we appreciate everybody listening. I'd just like to get a few more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And this is probably the most, if you're just tuning in, this is probably the most that we've ever talked about another product uh, other than old school wrestling. We have talked about, you know, uh, upcoming events and things like that, but we really put over AEW today, and that's a good thing. Uh, shows that maybe, uh, I don't know about Jeremy because I know how old he is, but at least one old fuck here is starting to care about wrestling again in a good way. Mm-hmm. So I think, two, I think two of them are. But, and we hope you are too if you're a wrestling fan. And with that said, we better jump into our episode because we only have about uh, we only have a few of them to go over. We kind of dropped off last week. It, this is part two of the greatest cage matches. If you're still with us out there, uh, we mentioned as we went off the air the first one we're going to talk about real briefly, and all these will probably just be briefly, guys. And it's just our list from our memories uh, of the greatest cage matches of all time. And the first one we had was the last battle of Atlanta. It was Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer. And it grew for like over 30 years that this footage was lost, you know. And I had remember seeing this way back when, uh, just in the covers of magazines and um, uh, highlights of it on WTBS, of course, and, and things like that. And, you know, it's one of those things, Jeremy, I'm just going to put this out there. It was a bloody mess. They beat the shit out of each other. And it's just one of those things where, you know, when it happened back in the day, it was so shocking. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll use the word um, exciting and thrilling, whatever you want to put to it as a wrestling fan. But then I watched it. I, I think it's been brought back down. I'm not sure. It may still be up there. But I watched it a few months back uh, a couple times, once last summer, and then right before they took it down, again, maybe three or four months ago. And, you know, you're sitting there watching 30 minutes of 30 years of memories and it's not quite how you remember it. Yep. still good still bloody but you know hey it was the last battle of atlanta and it's you know well it, it lived in infamy for a long time yes um yes. yeah it was one whose legend grew and then one day somebody found the footage you know and, right. it, and there's there's always one match i compare everything like that to and it was bockwinkle henning for the title <laughs> a 60 minute draw i remember this thing being an amazing match so I dug it up on YouTube a couple of years ago. <laughs> Fuck, they were in an Indian deathlock for like eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So then, you know, yeah, these matches, they live in your brain for a while and they grow into their own size. Right. Then, then when you go back and watch it, you're like, hmm, not quite what I remember. Right. And, yeah. and you know, the thing is, though, back in the day, you watched it. That's yes. the thing. These guys made you watch. That's that's the thing. They drug you in, uh, brought you into it. Drew, as we talked about, in building up a, a cage match, you just don't jump into it. We talked about that but last week. Mm-hmm. They built it up to that match or to that 60-minute draw or to what have you. 
and it it brought you into it. And and yeah, like you said, man, it's just one of those things in your memory. It, it sometimes a little better than than when you have to go back and see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of going back to see it, uh, <laughs> uh, I think Tex tried to call us out on something. I want to say something real quickly. I was even though I'm not a fan of the Big Blue Cage in the WWF back in the day. That's not to take anything away from the dangers and the injuries and the risks that the guys put themselves through being inside that cage. It just wasn't my favorite type of a cage. So with that said, one of the matches from July of 1985 was in a cage match in the Baltimore arena, sold out crowd, Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship match that Tex brought up because Jeremy said, and I agree, why would you want to get the fuck out of the ring to win a match if you built this thing up? But in this case, Greg DeHammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart versus Tito Santana, big old 15-foot steel cage man, uh, spot on announcing by Gorilla Monsoon. Tex brought it up. The winner, whoever gets out of the cage first, wins the fucking match. And I have to say, I saved it for the day to watch it, so it's fresh in my mind. Hell of a good match, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, Tex just had to go and slam a cage door on my head on this exactly. one, basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I will concede. Yeah, I will too. <laughs> yeah, um, and, you know, I admitted as much on uh, Twitter that, okay, you got me on this one. Yeah, um, it was a hell of a good match. Uh, Tito wins it. He, he slammed, uh, you know, uh, Valentine's head in the door. Writers are both ready to reach the, the arena floor. Per the rules, first person to touch the arena floor outside the cage wins the match. Uh, it was played up pretty good at the beginning. Hammer kind of went like he's getting out of there, and, and you knew he wasn't. And then Tito did the same thing, immediately started going out. I'm thinking that was only if there was a flaw. That was the thing that Jeremy and I was talking about. Why would you this guy only to run away from him? But I I don't know if he caught himself. I don't know what what anything was pre-planned or just go by, I would imagine it wasn't other than a finish, but he did kind of go at the first minute or so like he was going to get out, but he didn't, obviously. And, um, you know, right when Drake the Hammer's coming out of the cage, Tito's slipping down outside the top of the cage. Hammer see, you know, of course he sees where the door's at. He pushes it, starts to reach out and man is back to, we talked about last week with the free birds with Gordy slamming, uh, uh, Carrie's head or Carrie's head yeah. in the cage to start that. Uh, you know, Tito kicks the door, hits Valentine in the head, uh, and Tito's feet hit the floor and wins the match. It was really done really good, man. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that was another good one. And, and I'll let you throw another one out, but that's, we're already off the two good ones, man. Our last battle of Atlanta and the, uh, the Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Tito Santana from uh, July of 85 match. Uh, whoever gets out of the cage first wins, and it was a hell of a good cage match. Go look it up. It is on YouTube. I do know that. Yeah, so. it is. Uh, and it's, and it's worth the watch. Yes, it is. Um, yes. Well, the next one we're going to go to, and I haven't seen this one in forever, um, but it's Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Yeah. I and, haven't seen it forever either. Yeah. And we, I, I think we just recently passed Owen's anniversary of his death. Like yes, 25 20 years. Year, 20, 20, I think. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of a, a shitty time to bring it up, but those, two, okay. So Owen Hart and Bret Hart, two of the best wrestlers ever in history, uh, just plain and fucking simple. There's no getting around it. Absolutely. And you put them together in a match with their talent, their skill, their, their work ethic, um, magic shit is going to happen. And it did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sure now, now this is another place where you and I got to eat a little crow because we both prefer that cyclone fence style cage. Yep. <laughs> 
And, and uh, <laughs> here's, here's where the big blue cage is actually used to put submission holds on each other and shit. Yeah. So, okay, so, uh, okay, we eat a little crow again on this one. We were wrong. Okay, yeah. that's right. No yeah. big deal. Um, but, yeah, the hell of a good match. I guess it was uh, one of the few five-star matches that year, if I'm not mistaken. I could be. Um, and, and it depends on who you, who you ask, whether it's five-star or not. But from my understanding, it was a five-star match. So, um, yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, SummerSlam 94, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Uh, what else you got, Jeremy? Anything? Um, you know, I have not seen this next match, so you're going to actually have to do a lot of the heavy lifting here. But the Bluegrass Brawl, Pikeville, Kentucky, the Rock and Roll Express versus the Heavenly Bodies, Loser Leave Town. Yeah, I wanted to bring that one up. I'm pretty sure if you go back to our episodes of my favorite matches of all time, this was in my top three of seeing a live match. Um, I'm pretty sure, ugh, I'm going to say 95 um, yeah, I'm pretty sure fall bra- uh, shit, uh, Bluegrass Brawl of 95. I wrestled Buddy Landell. Um, White Boy was there. Tracer, you know, regular crew of Smoky Mountain. But the main event was a Rock and Roll Express versus the Heavenly Bodies and the Loser Leaves Town. And it was just a hell of a match. Uh, you know, it's one of the ones where the babies were flying at the finish. And you know, it was just crazy <laughs> people, you yeah. know, high-fiving, going nuts. They, um, the cage there, it wasn't, you know, the big blue one. It wasn't the, uh, the cyclone type fencing. It was like a big chicken wire, uh, type, you know, it, it served its purpose. I'll say that. And that was the thing about it. it was a, you know, pretty high, pretty good type, you know, deal, uh, secured the ring, um, double knockouts at the finish. Uh, the heavenly bodies had both teams had already, uh, worked a little bit for WWF that year. I think a survivor series and something else, but, uh, Heavenly Bodies, no one really knew, you know, who was going to win or lose. And that's the that's the allure of it, folks. You don't know who's going to win or lose. You kind of have an idea that the Rock and Roll Express are going to be here forever. Uh, you know, as a Smoky Mountain fan, that's what you're hoping. But also, you know, you want to see the guys get a good chance to, to go on to the, you know, Big, big national TV, if you will, even though we had good coverage on, on a lot of regional TV and satellite. Uh, but uh, of course, that's, we talked about before the WWF being the, the, the mecca to be at at the time. And then of course, the Heavenly Bodies had, had done the same, had been on there a few times. And that's who lost. And that they, oh, and of course, Rock and Roll Express wins. Just a hell of a good match. Good, solid work. You know, uh, just being in a building, that building only, it's at Pikeville College, only holds about 2,000 people. I I dare say there's probably 25 to 2,700 people in there. Uh, some people, you know, uh, probably another 500 outside, and that's that's no exaggeration. I'm maybe it is maybe 2,200 to 2,500 might be more realistic, but there was well over you know 2,000 people there because uh, that was a year we did that show about three times a year, but the uh, annual show was the Bluegrass Brawl every April to have a thing here. Imagine this, Jeremy, called Hillbilly Days, <laughs> <laughs> and that that's what they have up there, and they had it for years. They had wrestling up there. Um, and it's still a big deal here. I don't know if they do the wrestling anymore from my understanding, but, but back in that day they did and, and the rock and roll express and the heavenly bodies tore it down at the bluegrass ball, uh, brawl rather. So, um, yeah, anything you want to add or any question about it? Cause I, I, it's one of those things that lives on probably more in my memory of a good memory binger at night well, than it did, you know, as, went well, back and watch it. Might as well spoil the match with this question. Who won? <laughs> well, Rock and Roll Express won the match. Of course, the losers had to leave town. Of course, they only had to go to the WWF for a bigger, better paycheck. Mm-hmm. And the Rock and Roll Express, I'll say this, uh, I, they sold the fuck out of gimmicks in Smoky Mountain, and that night there, they had these big ass uh, blow up uh, guitars 
that uh, I guess they'd got at a fucking county fair or something. The ones you blow up, the big neon fucking yeah. pink and green. They was selling these some bitches like $5 a pop that night. And, man, they was autographing the fuck out of them, selling the fuck out. So I don't know if going to WWF was uh, the bigger contract for the Heavenly Bodies to leave town or if it was just that much more gimmicks for the fucking Rock and Roll Express to sell because they was selling a shitload that night. And, yeah, they won. So uh, good good finish, too, from my my recall it was the uh, double referee thing where the referee is down uh, they'll switch a uh, uh Curtis was in there and I think uh, if I'm recalling correctly I think Brian Logan ended up sliding in uh, so it all worked out but yeah rock and roll won and, and loser leave town only to get a WWE contract <laughs> yeah so, well you know it's important to have somewhere to go <laughs> yep and rock and roll still over they're out there after 35 years men are still out there on the road uh, just saw them you know last month yep. and, uh, you know, all that cornet, his Midnight Express, they're out there doing all these reunion things. And, and uh, of course, he was managing Heavenly Bodies that night. And, uh, of course, he had to leave, too. Uh, you know, he went up to WWE. He's already yeah. out of the scenes and, and went on screen as a manager. And we all know that story. So, yeah, back to the cage match itself. Very, very good cage match, man. Very good. I, I rank it right up there in the top of live matches scene. I, I put it in my top ten for sure. So I know we got a few more we want to talk about. Any more about that one other than who won it? <laughs> no, that's that's really the only question I had. I mean, I'm familiar with the Heavenly Bodies and Rock and Roll Express. I didn't see yep. them wrestle there that night, you know, but I, yep. I'm familiar with them enough that I'm imagining the Rock and Roll was selling the shit out of moves and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you know. And they it, worked the cage, you know, they worked yeah. it. That's the whole idea of a cage match. So that's all why. good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's go on to what I, well, this is the last one I have on my list. Uh, we're going to go with Big Dusty and Oli versus the Masked Assassin with Lars Anderson with Ivan Koloff as a special referee. Yeah. Um, I had one more. I didn't know if I sent it to you. Can we backtrack one sure. second? Sure, yes. Let me just throw this out there because we don't have to say a lot about this. I just went back and watched it today, and I may not have included it, to be honest with you, when I sent it over to you. I just want to bring this up real quickly, and we're going to jump into that last one if you don't care. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I have the notes on Dusty and Oli and the Mass Assassin with Lars and Koloff as referees. I'm going to backtrack once. Even though that's 1980, I'm not backtracking uh, the time frame. Let's just say it. There's two matches from uh, where Mankind and The Undertaker wrestle. And one up, the, the Hell in a Cell from uh, June of 98 is where uh, you see how athletic both of them are because, well, Mick's already up on a, a cage, but Undertaker climbs the fucking cage from the outside, and then he ends up throwing Mankind off the oh, fucking Jesus. top of the cage onto the announcer's table over there. That was I. They, Jerry Lawler says he's dead. You know, you got Big mm-hmm. Jim Ross over going, oh, my God, you know, all that. That one and the other one, and it was around that same time period, give or take a year or so, uh, I, and I, I'm going to get to a point here. The King of the Ring was the other one where Mick Foley actually got chokeslammed through the fucking cage, and that's where Undertaker dropped down in the cage with the sprained ankle. I mentioned that before because Mick Foley was putting him over. What a good athlete the Undertaker was, once again, because he's out there performing on a fucking, you know, busted up ankle and having to drop down out of the top of that cage. That was those cages, of course, had the top on them, and I just I got scared to death just watching them. I watched them again today. There's a couple minute clips of them. What I didn't do intentionally was this, and now we've brought this podcast up because I wanted to do that from from memory and also just 
just the clips of the two to three minutes that those things took place because there's actually a video out there, and I haven't watched it yet, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. It looked like it's about 15 minutes. It's The Undertaker and Foley. Uh, they're talking about reliving uh, their matches uh, through the Hell in a Cell and the King of the Ring matches, and I didn't want that perspective going into this. Kind of save that for later on. We both talked about being on YouTube binges. I'm going to go back and watch that if you type in The um, uh, Undertaker throws uh, Mick Foley through, you know, through the cage or off the top, there's a little segment and it looks, and I honestly don't know if it's a, uh just a recording off a podcast or sitting down for WWE TV. But I am going to watch that. I think both of those matches just need mentioned on here as great cage matches, even though we kind of mentioned this last week. I don't really remember how good the fucking match is. You just remembered either the finish or something that took place inside that cage, or in this case, one of them outside the cage when he took that tremendous fucking bump that I don't even, I, I don't even know how to describe it, man. It's just go watch it. I'm surprised the guy's still with us and walking, but it's the, both of those matches are worth going back and at least checking the highlights of any comments before we go on to our final. Um, yeah, shit. Mick Foley's only barely walking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love Mick Foley, but there, there comes a point where you look at somebody and you're just like, stop fucking doing this to yourself, please. Yeah. <laughs> you have entertained yeah. us enough already. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a good dude, too. I'll say that. Oh, man. yeah. Well, he even uh, recorded a bumper for our show. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Big shout out. Mick Foley. Real Mick Foley. Thank yeah. you. That's right. Thank you, Tex, also, by yep. the way. Get that in there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Back to what Jeremy brought up. And I didn't mean to backtrack. I just had that note. Uh, my apology. I don't think I sent it over to you. Uh, it was just like two lines, and I had the rest handwritten. So, uh, anyway, Dusty Rose and Ole Anderson versus the Mascus. Assassin with Lars Anderson, Ivan Kola, special referees, the Omni man, the hotbed of the South man. That arena was the Madison Square Garden of the South man mm -hmm. when it came up. And this is Omni 1980, and this was just, um, uh, as the notes here say, long booking game. Only took a year building this thing up as a baby face yep. man. And it's just one of those things. Let's get that fucking baby face. Uh, and that's the point of our show of the uh, greatest cage matches. Let's get the heel in the cage so he can't fucking escape. Mm -hmm. So the fans can't interfere. So there could be no outside interference. But for this fucking part here, brilliant, brilliant thinking. Ole has to get the baby face in the cage. That's the whole idea. Instead of the heel, you know, a baby face wanting to get that heel in that cage to where there's no outside interference, etc. Yeah. But now it's just plotting and planning along. I'm gonna be your friend, Scorpion. I'm gonna be your friend, or the Scorpion in this case being a heel, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Ole, just a little reference to the, the, the Silver Scorpion and, 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 and our characters here and stuff. Yep. Jeremy, you know, trust me enough to get inside this cage and whip their ass and we'll get those assassins once and for all. And man, of course, we know what happened. Yes. Get up, man, because it's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> well, it is what is often referred to as a Batman gambit, where it is so planned out <laughs> that. <laughs> That, I like that. Yeah. We, we, it is so planned out and so deep undercover. I mean, you had Ole. Okay, let's just look. Fucking Ole Anderson going to the ring and high-fiving people in the audience. <laughs> you should know something's up. You should know something's up, you know? Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this I mean, this was like, you know, they, what did you say, a year that they built this up, you know? We're, we're yeah, dusty. Well, Dusty splashed shit all over himself because like yeah. a year or two before is when Dusty gave his this will never be over Oli speech. 
<laughs> and so this was the blow off for that. And yeah, the Omni was that was your blow off arena in the South. Yeah, that's absolutely. when. You, yeah, that's when you did your big show. Yeah. Yep. And they got Dusty in that ring. Mm-hmm. They go. They he gets the heat. He goes for the hot tag. And what's all he do? Every fucking thing a good heel should do. He turns and attacks him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing, man. They beat down the fucking Dusty and blah blah blah. And you know that goes to one of I, again. It's one of those things where. I saw it in magazines. I saw clips of it, you know, when it comes out the, the following week on TBS, and they, they run it accordingly. And I will say this, again, it's one of those things where you don't know how good, to me, I don't know how good the match was, but I do know that just from all the angles and the buildup, and it's just one of those things where that's that's what you're supposed to remember. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, just that, okay, they're beating a the fuck out of Dusty, goes for that tag, a year's worth of, uh, you know, trust me, trust me, and then fuck you. Yep. Um, they beat them up. The, everyone attacks them, beats them down, and, just that. and then to this day, if you go back and watch it, it's on YouTube. Just look at that. Only cutting a promo. I'm sure, like I said, it was on TBS the next week, and, and whether you call it Georgia Championship Wrestling at the time or yeah, I think you know, it was still Georgia. Old, yeah. yeah, I think it was. But but anyway, uh, NWA, whatever you want, you know, uh, only goes on TV at next week, man, and cuss a fucking heel promo. That's just fucking awesome. And I know, and I know, I get a lot of Cornette references. He used to make the guys at. Um, uh, OVW, watch that. It's, if you're a heel in the game, go out there and watch that fucking interview. That's all I can tell you. There's some things that stand out. And I just remember that next week on, you know, again, one of those things going by memory. Uh, tune them back in next week on TBS channel 17. It was channel six on our local cable here, but, um, out of Atlanta. And man, when he went on that and they showed those clips of him turning and him gloating and gleaming about it. That's what a true heel does. Now, the yes. fan, it lured me right back into, oh, you know, of course, Jeremy and myself, we cheer for the heels. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who doesn't love? We're back to the American Dream, Dusty Rose. We're talking about his son's oh, yeah. the hour. Well, but at this point here, he lured him out there and got him in that ring, Jeremy, and yeah. fucked him. Well, and, and, you know, the other thing is you have to have a cage around you if you're about to fuck Dusty Rhodes in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, you know that that was not a safe place to be in, and you know, and Ole only had to be stabbed for it once. You know, I, I think, <laughs> I think that was probably the learning experience right there. You yeah, know? yeah. So anyway, any more any things about that Dusty Rose um, and Ole Anderson cage match? If not, I'll do a recap and we'll get Ray log off. Yeah, out of that sounds good. Wrap us so up. We got the last battle of Atlanta. We had Rich and Sawyer in the cage. We had uh, I spoke briefly on the uh, Mankind and Undertaker matches. We talked about Bret Hart and Owen Hart from SummerSlam '94. We also talked about the big match where someone has to escape, and that's Greg DeHammer Valentine versus Tito Santana from July of 85. We spoke about the Rock and Roll Express at the Bluegrass Brawl, and I think we just now finished up with one of the greatest cage matches of all times, Dusty and Ole versus the Mask Assassins in um, Atlanta at the Omni. So is that about wrap it up there? Yeah, I think that does. Um, I think that that does it quite succinctly. So yeah, everybody. Oh, I, I did want to mention one thing before we go. Yes. <clears throat> and I, I may try to angle this into a show one day where we talk about shit like the Western States titles and things like that. But have you, Bobby, I, I know you don't really watch the WWE any more than I do, which is like never-ish. Uh, they have introduced the 24-7 title. Yeah, I think Waffle House wants their fucking clock back. Yeah, that's holy <laughs> shit. 
Um, I didn't watch it. I, I, I guess some of it goes off the air or maybe even when it's on the air. You know, I'm on Twitter a lot. I, I keep it. I just like Twitter. I started seeing, I, what the fuck is this? And then I start seeing all these hashtags. And, uh, of course, the pictures are right there. So I did see the title uh, that Mick Foley was holding up. And uh, you know, I saw the Waffle House. I, even Wendy's got in on it, I think, with the Waffle House about wanting her fucking clock back. So you got fast food places making fun of uh, the WWE 24-7 champion. I, I don't know. Tell me a little bit what you think, Jeremy. Am I, am I burying it or putting it over? Because I don't really know. Um, well, Put her back in a ring truck, in my opinion. Yeah, this this is what it, it reminded me of the Backland uh, world title when he was the okay. WWF champion. That big gold monstrosity with the round plate, and you couldn't yeah. really tell what it was. Also, this shit where you take a belt and all it is is like a logo or a word. <laughs> that kind of shit is... An, I, I don't like the directions that the wrestling belts are going in the WWE. No. Um, to me, a you know, that AEW belt, the, the IWGP yep. crown, a belt should look like a prize that you are willing to fight for. Yes. It should not look like a fucking class ring. Absolutely. And it That's should the not... the whole idea. Yeah. And it should not look like a Waffle House clock. That's right. Oh. That's right. But so, then, yeah, but then this they did this 24-7 shit with the hardcore title 20 years ago, and it was funny for about 14 seconds. <laughs> Well, that's 13 more seconds than what I'm going to give them this mm-hmm. week. How's yeah, that? That's, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just wanted to, I just wanted to comment yeah, on I'm that. Yeah, I'm glad you did, because yeah. I forgot all about bringing that up. I'm glad you brought it up. That's an excellent way to take us out of this show, because, wow, that was a big highlight this week, from my understanding, with that with that awesome-looking mm, belt, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Bobby, anyway. I think, yes, uh, I think we had a great episode. I did get a question from Manny this week, or he's like, did you guys even do a top 10 list last week? Because I never heard a number. Yeah. Uh, no, we just did a conversation, Manny. It's, your right. ears are working just fine. It's okay. Um, but anyhow, Bobby, anything you want to wrap up with before we go? No, thank you very much. And, and last two episodes, in my opinion, we've talked about a lot of great cage matches. I hope mm-hmm. everyone enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll be back here next week with a fresh new top 10 or at least another conversation that you'll be a part of. Exactly. Um, I, I kind of want to do something like, ugliest and most worthless title so i don't know we'll, we'll kick it around we'll figure it out but bobby it's been a been a pleasure to talk to you as always thank you sir yeah and everybody else it's been your pleasure to listen to bell to bell with bobby blaze bye bye everybody thanks for listening to bell to bell with bobby blaze you can follow the show on Twitter at bell to bell blaze You can also follow Bobby on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744 and Jeremy on Twitter at TheGeekishCast. To purchase one of Bobby's books, you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 to purchase Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel. And you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 to get I Kicked Out on 2, The Education of a Wrestler. To donate to the show's podcast hosting fees, you can visit gofundme.com slash bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. Be sure to include a hyphen in every word in bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. If you follow and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Be sure to share the show with any wrestling fan you may know and get on the Facebook page where you can keep up with Bell to Bell fans just like you. Again, thanks for listening to the program and look for the show again next time.